Okay. Good, e good evening, Julian. Good evening, Mike. Cheers. 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 How are you? Right. What, what are you doing there? Um, I've got a, a Bombay Sapphire and Tonic. Good tonic water. There we go. I've given up on that Russian. It was rubbish. Was it? <laughs> it was awful. Went to I might make some uh, fizzy ice cream with it. Right, okay. That sounds reasonable. That sounds sounds perfectly normal. Yeah, I'd say so anyway. Yes. We've got a, we yes. have got a special guest to join us tonight. We've got a very special guest, haven't we? Yeah, yeah we've got Graham Eckford with us tonight. Well, some say that our guest can spay a cat before his nurse has even connected the multi-parameter monitor. Others talk of his ability to take blood pressure from conscious Bengal tigers. Often mistaken for the world-famous cyclist, Graham Obrey, we know him as Graham Eckford from Fife. Fantastic. Can you... Uh, oh, wait, Graham. Wait, 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 Graham. Graham. Where's Graham gone? There he Where's is, Graham. Hello. Hello, Graham. Welcome to the show. I'm just going to go and see if that's my, my Tesco's, man. I think he might be here. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Brampton. And my name is Julian Hope. Welcome to Veterinary Ramblings. Right, I'm back. You're back. Well, what? It's going to take a week or two to, rec to actually record and edit each one from, from where we go. We so, need to not keep it too topical, then. Well, that's a very good point, actually. Donald yeah, Trump's not dead. Do, yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do a series of different ones, shall we? You know, yeah. we'll miss the Queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, 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 Graham, 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 mate, mate, listen. I'm just pre. I'm just preloading. The, the show's got a whole format. Yeah. <laughs> And, You're and really it's, it's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I'm just having a glass of water to see the fruit. Yeah, so that's then just I, gin. That's neat gin. Yeah, Gra Graham, um, I, I, I googled you to, to make sure I got lots of background um, about Graham from Fife. Um, Not entirely creepy. And there's, that's there's, okay. No, that's fine. And there's a couple of things I want to ask you about, and, and this is one of them. Um, it, it seems that when you're not a vet, you do a lot of writing. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so what, what you got there is, is, is Graham Fife. Not, not Graham from Fife, you got Graham Fife. Oh. So I, I think what must have happened is there's, there's probably more than one Graham from Fife. Right. And the one that you actually picked up on was the one whose surname coincidentally happens to be Fife. I doubt, to be honest, if he actually lives in Fife. D does he, Graham? You, you know him. It's a small place. No, I'm the only Graham in Fife. Then, well, there we go. There <laughs> we go. The only Graham in Fife. Oh. So, yeah. Oh. I wonder. This, so, so, sorry, this, Graham. Well, that's I think it might brother. be an age thing. We'll let him off. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so, uh, could, right, okay. You, so these Bengal tigers that you take blood pressures on, have I got that right? Uh, sadly not. Oh, I thought. Oh, okay. Well, 
on as well. And in all honesty, I can barely spare a cat. Oh. Shall I start preparing drinks then? You start preparing drinks for all of us. Sorry, Graham, what was that? That'd be lovely. I don't, I don't think Graham's read the memo, do you, Julian? Uh, well, in fairness, my memo was upside down when you sent it to me, <laughs> and I can't turn it around. So it was about as much use as a bald blood pressure measure man making thing. Look, okay. upside down. That, that's upside down. Hold on. If I screenshot that... And if I turn it around, look, it's probably still upside down. It's upside... It's, it's sideways now. Is that a Blackberry he's got? No, it's not even that that's useful. It's a spoon of some sort, Mike. It's a what? I think, I think I might be able to turn it around. If you lie it flat on the ground, flat on the table, you'd be able to turn it round. Yeah, but then you'll have to see the top of my head and that's not pretty. I was, uh, I was round at my nephew's a little while back and... Um, yeah. Said to him, uh, I said, have you got a, you got a telephone director I could borrow? He said, oh, granddad, I use my phone. So I did. Uh, well, needless to say, I mean, I killed the wasp, but I broke his screen. <laughs> Youth for today. Youth for today. Youth for today. I mean, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. So have you read the script oh, yet? Hang on. Yeah, this bit of paper here says that you should have received some boxes in the post. Is that true? Um... I I got a box in the post. Maybe a box that yeah, a box that you shouldn't have opened yet. Maybe I got I got that that's completely oh. not, not open yet. Oh, I've I've got one of those too. I've got one that looks just like that. It, 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 it's here. Not not opened either. No, no. Yeah, yeah, we got those. Yes, we've got a box like, in the post, Graham. We'd like to open your boxes then. Oh, it's like Christmas. Carefully, Christmas. carefully. This is, this is right. just like Christmas. Okay. There's, there's something in I've a got, bag. I've got a bag with some toilet roll. It's and not got, used, I promise. And I've got a big don't, piece of don't, paper. Don't open your bit of paper. That's for later. Right. But if you'd like to have a look at your toilet roll, that'd be lovely. Uh, do, do, you want me to, do you want me to run a dipstick on these, Graham? Dear God, it's like doping control. Well, that's what are, these, are these what I think they are? They Although are definitely says, what you think they are. What, they're urine samples? Why do you think it's urine samples? You're going to enjoy these ones. Okay. I promise they were, they were clean tubes. They're clean tubes, yeah. are they? First sample and second sample. Oh, right, okay. So which one's first thing in the morning? What, what are the lumps in the bottom? That's the one first thing in the morning. Oh, right, yeah. okay. Do, do I have to shake it to? Oh, that's better. It's clear now. Yeah, like this looks iron. much more interesting than a fizzy orange drink. This looks to me like iron as if it might be a, a little bit of the the amber liquor, Graham. It, it has come all the way from Scotland. Oh right, yeah. okay. So are we are we are we drinking scotch? Uh, you might want to call it that, yeah. If you're American, okay. Okay. are we drinking a lovely whiskey? It is indeed. Well, one of them's lovely, one of them's not quite so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> one's a little special, and the other one's from Castle Donock. My, my immediate guess is that that's the lovely one, because that appears to have been dyed. <laughs> 
Well, then. So what we'll do is we will work our way through from one and two, and you can pick your favourite, and I'll tell you which one's the lovely one and which one's not. But I'll give you a wee, a wee clue. Okay. One of them you could use to kill off coronavirus, one of them you couldn't. Oh, I like the sound of that. So it's, it's 60% proof, is it? Uh, a little bit more than that. Mm. Mm. Oh, a class am I allowed to put am I allowed to put ice ice with it? Um no. Oh, I'll take the ice out of the jar. <coughs> okay. It's I can right. only apologise for him, Graham. It's alright. It's the it's the Englishness. Yeah. No offense. That's that's fine. So, right. I would open up drown number one. Yep. Pour it into your cup. Or your vivarium or whatever other thing you want to use. Okay. Then have a little look at it. So, what do you think? Nice and clear? Nice yeah. colour? Yeah. It's nice and clear. It has a lovely colour. It's very pale. A straw-coloured solution. It, it doesn't hold to the side of the glass very well, does it? No, so what does that tell you? That, that's telling me that this is probably quite high alcohol content. Okay. No, it's telling me the alcohol content is is lower. So I'm going to go oh, right. for some forty percent on this one. Okay. I've got a, quite a quite a clear glass. I washed it earlier, and it's leaving a rim uh, with uh, what, what in the wine tree we used to call legs. Get your nose in. Have a good sniff. What does it smell like? Whiskey? It smells like my mum's Christmas puddings. <laughs> it smells of whiskey. It smells quite harsh. Mm-hmm. It's a... I wouldn't quite describe it as acrid, but it's it's a very sharp smell with little in the way of depth to it. I'm not, I'm not really getting any overtones other than the smell of alcohol perhaps a little a little woody smell but but it's essentially a very sharp very sharp smell he's had some practice obviously what, what you didn't say he could do that i said a little taste he's now just necked it off but that's fine yeah, 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 you're gonna spit it back at you, mate. I can tell you're enjoying this. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Very nice, Graham. It's not, it's not the smoothest. No. This one. Um, it tastes. A little diesel-y. Like, what you say to the strength? Do you think it's 40% or more? Um, no, I think it's about 40%. I, so you think, I, you think the next one's a strong think one? About, they would probably tell me it's completely wrong. I think this is about 40 odd percent because if I drink a cask strength whiskey, then it usually anaesthetizes the tip of my tongue a little bit and this isn't doing um there's no no burn on this um and and i apologize if this is the better one it's not really to my taste no that's it's, fine that's a, 
That's absolutely fine. This beautiful bottle. Yeah. Highland Black. Black Special Reserve. That's a blended whiskey. That's eight years old. And that is available from Aldi for about 15 quid a bottle. So when I say blended, that's probably 60% grain whiskey that comes, and actually I've managed to Google where it comes from. It comes from Gurban. So it's a grain whiskey, it's easy drinking, it's just cheap spirit that makes up the rest of the bottle. And then they bung a bit of undisclosed Highland spirit in it. They don't say where it comes from. However, it could be Glenford, it could be, could be Valveni, could just be a crack cask from somewhere else. But it's 15 quid. It's a reasonably, actually, in fairness, a decent whiskey. For fifteen pound, if you like whiskies, it's forty percent alcohol. It's eight years old. It is a bit one-dimensional. It's it's unpeated. It's probably a a bourbon cask. They say it's smooth and mellow, and I think the flavour notes on it: vanilla, caramel, ginger biscuits, malty, perfumed. It just tastes like a grain whiskey with a bit of decent stuff in it. But actually, it's cracking for putting in a Christmas cake. It's brilliant. It's really. I was going to say to, well, to me, that's what I said. It was that like is what you said, in fairness, yeah. Yeah. So I the last it. two, three years, I've been putting that in my Christmas cake, and it's damn sight better than putting anything decent in it. Do we have the other one now, or do we save it for later? I'd have it now and compare the two and see. Okay. Yeah. And I well, apologise in advance, Mike. I don't think you might. I think you might not like this one. You might love it, but you might not <laughs> like it. Thank, thanks so much for for doing this, Graham. Really appreciate positivity. I well, what I particularly like about this, um, Julian, is that if um, Graham is our our first guest on our show um, to, to join us on the sofa, it's setting the bar. Huh? He's setting the bar. He's sending us yeah. whiskey. Yeah. So, what next week's guest is going to send us? I have no idea. But we'd I've always found the caviar tasting, haven't you, Mike? That's, is is Beluga necessarily better than Osiestra or Sabruga? Well, I, I quite like the sound of that. That that sounds very good. So um, now this well, is this is interesting. Um, so sorry, Graham. The, we've, we've got off the whiskey. We're on Beluga caviar and stuff like that. That's absolutely fine. But, yeah. but, but you didn't realise you were going to join such a classy crew, did you? <laughs> That'll be Pringle testing next week. Pringle testing. <laughs> <laughs> So this is clearly oh a higher alcohol content. Hang on, hang on. It, it almost burns your nasal mucosa out if you give it a big enough sniff, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is the coronavirus killer. It's nice the way evocative scents can take you back to the accidents emergency department of the Brook General Hospital near Lewisham, walking down towards the... Mortuary. What did, what did you say I'd think about this one, Graham? <laughs> did, it, did it smell like floor cleaner? It's a mix of formaldehyde. Hang on, I've got, I've got the sense here. Hang on, it's a, it's a dettol, formaldehyde. It's certainly got depth. It has depth. It's got deep colour. I've, I've got the lizard's tails going down. I don't know if you can actually see that. Look at those lizard's tails going down the glass. Mm-hmm. It certainly has no, this what Julian, Julian would call a complexity. It's got complex. This is wonderful. It's got a good, this, got a good colour as well. It's got a it cracking colour to it. A wonderful deep colour to it, hasn't it? But yeah. also the, the, the scent, I can, I can smell wood mm. of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Oh, burning, burning ships. 
Well, burning ships. Actually, yeah. there, there is a burnt, there is a burnt smell to it, certainly. Almost a caramel. Could be could be burnt caramel, couldn't it? <laughs> I haven't tasted this yet. I'm just getting wrapped up in the smell of it. It's absolutely incredible. I can smell heather, I think. Be slightly careful when you taste it. You might want to add a little bit of water. I was going to say, do you mind if I add a little bit? But I would try, I'd try it without first. Yeah, I think it's going to be first. Try it first, the man said. You behave yourself, Julian. Oh, wonderful. Now, Mike, I think you need to try this now. Okay. The smell alone is enough to put you off. What? It's my turn now, is it? Here we go. Let's watch this. <laughs> not, not your fee brew then bloody hell well I I I I he's lost for words this is great let's let's jump in while he's lost for words I'm getting there's there's all the sort of there's an aromatic flavour that could be, could be juniper or heather or something like that. There's a, a sort of herby sort of taste to it. Do you know, Graham? What, what amazes me is that those two are still the same spirit. That's whiskey. Mm. And they couldn't be more different. Like, they are worlds apart. I could actually put that one on my shelf if it's not too expensive. I'll probably end up looking a complete fool, but but I would say that I think this is a blended. But only because I, I can't think of it as being a single, mm-hmm. uh, a single malt, a single grain. It, it just tastes too complex. You can break down the flavours a lot more easily than this. This really is several different, almost conflicting flavours. There's mm. There's something almost on the edge of being unpleasant about the taste that draws you in for interest. That's the smell, isn't it? That's the smell of formaldehyde and deceased bodies pulled from the burning wreckage of a whiskey boat. The the smell of formaldehyde I quite like, but there's something on the side of the tongue that's almost bitter. There's probably probably a a degree of sulphur about it as well, the kind of bitterness Mm. that you, you get. Yeah, that's which is vaguely unpleasant, but but only vaguely because it draws you in to to to, to the nicer, uh, the sweeter flavours, the the sort of flowery uh, flavours of it. Why why would you do that, Julian? What, what, why when it say it smells so disgusting would it draw you in to put it in your mouth? I've had to have Christmas lunch at my mother-in-law's ah. every other year since we've been married. Yeah. I'll say it anymore. Um, <laughs> it's what, what, just out of interest, what would you say age-wise? First dram, second dram? The darker it is, the older it is. So um, 20 years old, perhaps, for the second one. Um, last week for the first one. <laughs> Come on, Graham. Spill the beans. I'll put you out of your misery and I'll explain why I chose what I chose. Can we, can we uh, cut all of this out if I'm completely wrong about all of these? No. Uh, not at all, because it makes it far more fun. And actually, <laughs> it just explains what a lot of bollocks there is in the whiskey industry. <laughs> so, 
So this is a bottling from the Scotch Whiskey Society. Right. And what this is, is unfortunately it's not a blend. I'm sorry. So it's, it's not 20 years old. Like Interesting. Yeah, and it's not 20 years know? old. What do you So know? actually, it is younger. It's seven years old. So it's younger it? in the first round. Yep. Um, so it just shows you, it doesn't need to be old whiskey mm. to be good whiskey. Um, so don't be sold a 15 or 20 year old bottle and think it's better than a seven year old. It's definitely not. Um, so what this is, this is an individual cask that's been taken and bottled. So it's not being blended with anything else. It's not being fitted to a flavour profile. It is just a single cask. Um, in this case, it's a refill sherry barrel. So that's why it gets its lovely colour and all its lovely smooth, sort of smooth, fruity flavours and right. the hints of, of sherry in, in there. Um, it's from Distillery 127, which is the way that the Whiskey Society do it, the number of distilleries, so that you don't get mixed up saying, I only ever drink a Glen Farkless or a Glen Morangy or, or something like that. And it is actually, it's a distillery that doesn't exist. It's a strange one. It's Bricladi on Isla, but it's not Bricladi that you'd normally drink. So it's a peated version of it, and it's sold under the banner of Port Charlotte. So it's, it's a distillery that doesn't exist. There is no Port Charlotte distillery. It is a fire station on Isla that they use the warehouses for. Okay. Um, so it's a peated Bricladi, seven years old, it's a sherry hogshead, and it is 66.6% devil's dram. Gosh, give strength. And it is beautiful. And it's the flavour notes on it, I think, fit perfectly. Licorice, old wooden chests, beef stew, um, smoke, ash, burnt sticks, toffee, yeah. Um, sherry, and then the same re reduced nose, um, old leather, toffee apples, honeycomb, marmalade, smoky bacon, carbolic soap. I think if you have to be quite old to know what carbolic soap is. So Mike, Mike, Mike was right with the carbolic soap then, with his yeah, desk. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't too far off with my burnt caramel then. No, you weren't. Not at all. So the, the, the first one then, Graham, you got that from Aldi. Yeah. Did you say? So that was an Aldi 15 quid a bottle. Yeah. And the... The 127.7 one, that's from Lidl's and costs £12.77, is that, is that right? Yeah, you find that in the toilet cleaner aisle. Right, okay. <laughs> well, if you can find it in the toilet cleaner aisle at the moment. Yeah, I'm worried about standing up now, to be honest with you. But I think probably, I actually can't remember how much I paid for that. It's a long time ago and I've had it quite a while. I think that's around about £60 or £70. It's not hugely expensive. When you think, effectively, between those two bottles, with the way that duty works, you've paid one and a half bottles worth of duty on the second bottle versus one yep. bottle of duty on the first bottle. So the government's having a good chunk of it as well. Mm. But it's still a reasonably accessible drinking whiskey for less than 100 quid, and I think it's absolutely stunning. So your wee notes have got on there, so it'll tell you what it is. Um, you might get it from the Whiskey Society, but you might have to join, or you can buy Port Charlotte from Brickladdy. Um, if you wanted something similar, you'd need a sherry cask finish, but reasonably easy, easily accessible. Or you can pop down to Little tomorrow, and I'm sure they'll sell you one of those £15 bottles of Highland Black. Well, you know, I won't, I won't go for the uh, the little one because I'm not making any Christmas cake just yet. But I, I might well uh, go into my my local Hennings uh, wine and uh, whiskey merchants and look for the. Uh, one, two, seven, four, Charlotte. That's really, that's delicious. That's it's quite good, isn't it? Well, that is Graham. Thank you very much indeed. It's a real eye opener. I just wonder mm. how our next guest is going to compete with that. And who's going to tell them? I was just a different drum, by the way. This is, this is the third drum. You haven't got this. Oh, right. Hold on. 
No, I'm, I'm getting another round. Wait, wait, wait there, wait there. Hang on. There we go. Yeah. Where's he gone? He's gone to get himself another more whiskey. That's outrageous behaviour. I've gone to get myself a little bit of uh, the Glenlivet. Oh, right. Nice. You're playing on the whiskey, are you? Yeah. I, I've, I've not had a glass of this yet. Well, obviously, I have several glasses of it, but let's just try it and see. Not tonight. You've not had a glass of that tonight. Not tonight, no, no. Just a couple no. of mugfuls earlier on in the day. Yeah. But it's so much more than just a breakfast drink, isn't it, Graham? <laughs> there's, no, there's no bad time for a dram. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying this, but I'm dreaming of that 127. This is nice, it's, it's very light. Uh, I can taste the oak, actually, but um, yeah, I want the 127. Yeah, six, six, six dimensions TV hasn't been invented yet, guys, so I'm not too sure, but I wanted to pick you up, Graham. You were talking about Nicola Sturgeon. Dear. Well, well okay, well, I'm quite a fan of Nicola Sturgeon now. She's, I'm not really wanting to get political. Well, she's telling it like it is. She just gets on with it. You guys are all in lockdown. We're all having parties on the beach. Compare and contrast. What? How are you two working through this COVID thing? And what's the... Because you're both answering to the RCVS or trying to interpret the RCVS rules. Um, and I'm just intrigued as to how you're actually both working through that. I'm, what, what's happening with you, Julian, first? Well, at the moment, nothing's changed since Boris's uh, very, very clear uh, message of, of, uh, of last week. Um, this, this is the stay home unless you want to go out, in which case go out, but you shouldn't go out because you should stay home. It, it was, no, there's none of it. Was, it, was, it, was very, it was very clear, very, very easy. You go out unless you, you, you don't want to go out or you can't go out, in which case don't go out unless you need to go out. But if you do need to go out, then just for heaven's sake, stay at home. And, and we're, we're, we're basically still doing that. So we're, we're self, uh, not self-distancing, socially distancing at the practice still. We're admitting uh, patients from the car park uh, and we're still seeing only urgent cases. So right. nothing actually has, has changed yet because we're still waiting to see if there's any... Uh, update on, on on the advice we're given right so at the moment we're working on the basis that there is no real update and and, and we're following the laws that we have been for, for the last uh or the rules we've been following for the last seven or eight weeks but what about you graham absolutely the same actually it's strange it's, it's obviously two different countries two different rules but we're no different we're exactly the same situation as you it's the the the, the message is things like spay cats but don't spay cats clip nails but don't clip nails emptying yeah. the glands only if they're essential and they're going to explode in the next three weeks um and that's that's it i mean we are emergency only we're socially distancing we're collecting patients from the car park but it's drawing that line as to what's essential and what's not essential what can wait three weeks and what can't wait three weeks and i think we started this naively saying with the guidance of if it can wait three weeks it can wait but we're now six seven at least weeks down the line yeah. So the things that could have waited three weeks have waited three weeks and now they're calamitous disasters. So we're was, doing a lot of, of emergency stuff and that's that's really the bread and butter of, the, of what we're able to do. Well, I've already yeah. dropped a hint, guys, that you, that you didn't notice that I'd had my hair done specially for tonight. 
and that's because one of the local practices now is doing essential grooming. So <laughs> I popped down there earlier on to, to get mm. get all trimmed up nicely for tonight's show. I don't know. They've done his toenails, they've emptied his anal glands, they've given him a little quick dental. He was looking good. <laughs> Bless him. Oh. Yeah, well, they've they all that. You tried a type, though. Hmm? Yeah, but, but it, that, that's, that's interesting. But I mean, practices around your area, Julian, are you all sort of together in, in working your way through this, or have you got. Oh, rogue, good heavens, no, we're never together. No. Rogue interpretations of the. Of the we of never the do that. Uh, people are interpreting things very differently. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm actually doing a cruciate repair tomorrow that um, the owner's own practice wouldn't do and w- wouldn't see uh, because the dog's suffering. Uh, is struggling. The owner is is very keen to get it done because she had the other dog, uh, the other dog's cruciate repaired. Uh, a few years back and, and, and knows that actually the, the healing doesn't really start until the, the surgery is done. So yeah. what, what makes urgent? It's a very difficult thing, isn't it? On, on, the, other, on the other side, I saw a dog today, again, from, from an, another practice. Uh, they've been treating a sore eye by telemedicine since lockdown. Okay. Uh, it wasn't getting any better. They, they had four different antibiotics. Uh, so I saw it today. I reduced the dismetaseal and put a conjunctible pedicle flap on it. Um, they had not been able to see, given the quality of, of of the photographs that the client had taken, that actually it was a deepening ulcer and the dismetaseal had formed. The dog was the eyeball. A big tick in the box for telemedicine then. Telemedicine can work, and it can work very, very well, but I think you have to be able to pick your cases, and I'm not very good at doing that. I must admit, you know, hands up, I don't like telemedicine. I like to put my hands on the dog, look at the owner and chat to them and, and see what's going on. And we're using all senses, aren't we, really? The sense of smell, perhaps not taste on many of our patients, but the sense of the smell and stuff. Well, I was going to come and on to that, but really, yeah, absolutely. So did, did you manage to save the eye then? Oh yeah, yeah. Well done. Yeah. It's in a pot, I'll show you. <laughs> you know, I, I, what, what I saved it? Like, stored, stored in a glass of this just to keep it ready. Yeah, that's, that's the glass. That's the glass. <laughs> oh, it's a pickled onion. No, I, 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 um, 127.7. I, I, <laughs> nice. What, what, about you? what about you, Graham? Are you doing much telemedicine? We're doing a lot of telemedicine. It's amazing how receptive and accepting the clients have been of it. But I think it is, it's, a, it's an adjunct to what is effectively an educated guess from what you've been told. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I think we've maybe let the cat out of the bag. And, and I don't think we can go back from doing telemedicine as much as we have been. I think we will have to continue to do it in the long term. And for some things, it works brilliantly. So repeat prescription checks for the arthritic dog that you've seen for years and you know exactly what it's doing. Is it okay? Are the clients happy? Are their expectations managed? That's fine. Away you go. But for the sore eye, they're not quite right. The breathing difficulties, that sort of thing. No, it has no place at all. Yeah. Um, we're doing lots of it. We're doing loads of telemedicines. But I would say probably if it's not getting better on the first or second telemedicine treatment, then it probably needs to come in and get seen. And we're seeing a lot of things in for that. Um, we're seeing lots of. It's a weird sort of dichotomy of cases. 
So you have to see something in because it's nails grown into its pad, or you have to see it in because it's got pericardial effusion, but you can't see anything in between. Very strange. It's, it's very odd, isn't it? Um, yeah. Are they are they kicking up a fuss at being charged for telemedicine? Because ours aren't. Um, they're, they're really no, good. generally, I mean, you get the occasional, obviously, you get the occasional person that doesn't want to pay, but on the whole, they're very good, and we're actually prepay. They're prepaying the telemedicine, so they pay before they get them. Um, and we're operating a system so they pay the telemedicine, which is cheaper than a normal face-to-face consult. And if they need to come in, they pay up. They pay the top-up fee, so it makes it to a, a full-price consult. Seems yeah, so brilliantly. Really um, I actually, on on the whole, I've been amazed at how receptive the public have been to telemedicine and to remote consults, as in grabbing or snatching pets from cars and bringing them into practice away from them. They've been hmm. so good about it. It's been one of the saving graces, actually, the whole coronavirus thing. I think so. I think generally people have been incredibly understanding of, of uh, and, and grateful to be seen, mm-hmm. which is which is good. Absolutely. So have you got any rogue practices up in your area then, Graham? We've got one, maybe. Yeah, one or two, probably one. Um, we were quite early on, actually, when the BVA, new baby BVA guidelines came out to right. much fanfare and gnashing of teeth. And yep. um, yeah, interpret those how you like. We all have our own impressions and, and thoughts on those. But we, we came together with all the local practices and, and had a, a Zoom call and decided that what we were going to offer in terms of vaccines and routine procedures. And we were all very much on the same sheet essential things only we might do puppies we might do kittens but otherwise we're not doing nothing else and actually right. even that sticks in the throat a little bit um and we we issued a joint statement across all the practices and that was a mixture of corporate independent um across the whole of life and we've only got one local practice that hasn't entered that zoom call or abided by their joint statement and we're all doing our own thing but we're all wow. very much plowing the same furrow and it's been quite enlightening that they've done that and also quite nice that we can all come together and make an agreement. That's fantastic. Yeah, we've had nothing like that down, down where we are. Um, obviously, I'm with a, a corporate practice and, and they've been incredibly good about updating us with, uh, with their interpretations of, of the uh, events and of the regulations. Mm. Uh, and I guess we've all taken a, hopefully, a common sense uh, attitude to what we feel is urgent because actually none of us want to hear of any animals suffering or or indeed during this time any owners suffering because they're worried about their pets yeah uh, but ultimately our our role is in in some respects is veterinary public health and we have yes. to be balancing the risk of veterinary health versus the health of the general public and i think we can't be seen to be doing routine things um purely from a reputational and ethical point of view we just need to do the basics and do them right at the moment life will get back to some sort of normality. We'll be able to start doing spays and castrates and lumps and bumps and nail clips and squeezing bottoms whenever we want to. Veterinary bottoms, mm. not. I was going to say, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that's the way it should you're be. You're back to Nicola Sturgeon again, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I can't Indeed. get off it. I can't get away from that. I, I, think, I think she's, <laughs> she's a straight-talking, straight-talking lady. Yeah. She's, she's, not, she's not quite Jacinda Rahern, but she's not far off. <laughs> well, now there's, there's another... Powerful lady, absolutely. Indeed. Moving to New Zealand as soon as I let me in. So, guys, I mean, are you are you as busy or busier or less busy than normal? Graham, we are turnover-wise, we're hugely less busy. Right. 
let's face it, we're doing no routine work, we're doing no boosters, we're not getting the bread and butter through the door. But on a probably cases per head, number of hours worked, and the stress per employee, we are much more busy. The guys that I'm working with are doing an amazing job. I'm so proud of them. Um, they're working all hours, they're working flat out, they can't do it more. I couldn't ask anything more of them. They're, they're nice. brilliant. That's nice. But, that you doing? but yeah, cash flow is not great. Right. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. We're down about, um, about 40%. Uh, people are working very inefficiently because that's the only way they can work. I, I said earlier that we had 20 consults today and of those 20 consults uh, that comprised 80 phone calls. Wow. Because of the way things work. Uh, we, we had two or three hundred phone calls today because people are asking for advice that don't necessarily want or require a consult. They're asking for worms and fleet treatment and routines. Um, the receptionists at the practice are flat out and getting flack from both ends because they can't do right. They're doing a fantastic job. I, I really, if I had a hat, I'd take it off to, to, to the receptionists that are working fantastically hard. But, but so is all the team. And the difficulty is that everything we do at this moment in time is more stressful. Partly because we're, we're under this cloud of uncertainty with the, with the world as it is, and partly because there's always the, the worry that with whatever we do, are we exposing the rest of our team to some form of, of risk? Uh, and, and also the worry that are we going to be able to best serve our, our patients and, and, and clients? And it, it's, uh, it's a huge stress, which is why I think we're, we're getting through so much alcohol. Although I'm not obviously just uh, no, 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 no. I, I, I was I was going to make a gin and tonic earlier, and, and unfortunately, because we were delayed, because certain people were working extra hours in their practice this afternoon. Um, it, I, I don't know. I think I must have left the lid off the bottle. It's evaporated. It's yeah, evaporated. it does that. And, and that, does that. that was that. So um, so that left me with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask a question of Julian, actually, out of interest? Go Just on. from a different practice-to-practice perspective, how do you feel you maintain two metres social distancing with your colleagues when you're restraining a cat to take a blood sample or to, to, to feel a broken leg? It's, it's impossible. Can't be done. Yeah. Can't be done at all. We, we've tried, and you, you do you know, that. Uh, I, I'm not two metres tall. <laughs> my... my my arms don't go to, to, to two meters, uh, and there are many nurses at the practice who are even smaller than me, if you can believe that. But we we can't socially distance at, at the practice. We, we we try when we're not holding animals, but but actually that negates the whole point, doesn't it? I think it does. I think you have to balance the risk risk of of contracting COVID from one of your colleagues versus the risk of being savaged and bitten and hospitalised from one of your patients and probably contracting yeah. COVID in hospital. I think you have to be aware of that risk and, and take precautions, but it's not yeah. a job that you can do at two metres distance from your patients and without anyone holding them. It's just not feasible. It's really not. And to be fair, the RCVS and, and the BVA acknowledged that uh, and they said, you know, we should make attempts wherever we can but it's not going to be possible and they recognize it's not going to be possible in every occasion um we've tried to keep teams working together as much as possible and, and, and yeah. 
branches working uh, working apart. Again, doesn't always work because of furloughing. We've had to mix and match a few people. Um, I guess we're doing the best we can and uh, and being alert because we need alerts. It leads you into a very strange position where you have no fear of being in close quarters with your colleagues to do do what you have to do, but then you're terrified about the delivery money brings you shopping. Yes. Very odd. Yeah. yeah, very much so. Very, very strange. Yeah, yeah, very, very odd. Mind you, we've always been worried about the delivery man that brings us shopping because he's just a little bit frightening. Uh, he, he leans against the doorpost and says, so uh, I got you shopping there. What is it? Thanks, thanks. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. Yeah. Does the eyebrow I see they substituted the harpic again. <laughs> and there's awkward pauses, and we don't know whether to invite him in for a cup of tea or just hit him over the head with a, with a baseball bat. Um, I'll ask him that, actually, when he recovers. Yeah, um, yeah, that'd be a good idea, actually. Yeah. What, what should we have done? You shouldn't have hit me, mate. So we've always been a bit worried about him. Uh, we we have, but by the way, we just, just on a, a completely unrelated subject. Uh, I'm learning how to slack line at the moment. Not not at the moment because I'm sitting down having a, uh, a glass of whiskey on, on a Zoom meeting. But but you know, on my on my off hours, uh, I'm learning how to slack line. Right. Uh, you know what slacklining is, Graham? You have that? I do, yeah. It's this weird thing of like doing a high wire trapeze thing, but it's, not far from the ground. It's, it's, it's tightrope walking, but, but you know, that, that far from the ground. Well, so my, my wife is that far from the ground. I'm, I'm that far from the ground because of you know, the stretch and rope. My daughter's that far from the ground. Uh, and so we've got this, we've got this slack line up between two trees on the, uh, on the drive. And it's a bright yellow slack line. Uh, and we normally, you know, we, we set it up, we do a bit of slack lining and then we go in and, and, and uh, take the slack line down and forget about it. And we left, we left the slack line up the other day. So the, so the postman not, uh, rang, rang the doorbell and then didn't bugger off like he normally does. So we, we cautiously opened the door and he stepped back a few paces and said, are you all right? We said, yeah, yeah we're, we're fine, thanks, yeah, yeah. Oh, he said, only you've got a, a biological isolation strap in front of your drive. <laughs> he said, he said is that, does that mean you've all got coronavirus? Said, well, that, that's our slack line. <laughs> oh, he said, oh, all right then. And I said, if you thought... <laughs> Oh, he said, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was chatting to your Tesco delivery guy the other day. Yeah, uh, they substituted your R pig, didn't they? We go away. <laughs> a weird bunch. Castle, leave. Weird bunch. Just go. Leave the park. Yeah. <laughs> we could take a quick time out here and answer the question that was asked last week about capnography and a ah. particular waveform. Because Julian asked me about a particular waveform. Have you still got that waveform there, Julian? I can easily redo it, yeah. Redo it. Yep. Let me show you this. Is, is this what you were seeing there, Julian? That's the one, yes. That's the one. Yep. No problem at all. Okay, so let's, let's 
have a quick look at that. Normal respiration rate, elevated yep. CO2, but relatively normal exhalation. So the, the exhalation phase goes up, starts to plateau, and then right at the end, you get this big peak. Hmm. And then patient starts breathing in again, and then goes through the same thing. But the end tidal carbon dioxide number is going to be elevated. And here in this particular example, it's, it's gone up to 45. So it's on the upper range of, of normal, um, bearing in mind. But it was consistently that. So as time went on, it didn't increase beyond that. It stayed at 45. It, it, it probably wouldn't. It, it would stay there. Um, mm. Obviously, the reading here, as we're approaching what would normally be the plateau, would be around 35. So obviously, between 35 and 45 is considered normal. Um, but obviously, this is quite a, a dramatically different waveform shape. Now, the, hmm. the first time I came across this is going back many, many years. Um, and that was working in uh, a hospital with a, a busy department that was doing quite a number of uh, Caesars. So cesarean section patients. This is in human medicine, not veterinary. And we would sometimes see this shape on our waveform. Where are you going, Julian? I'm here. I'm here. Am I, am I boring you to see us already? No, no, my um, uh, my power cable fell out of the computer, so I had to. No worries at all. Okay. So over intubation. Ah. Well, I'll, I'll explain what I mean by over intubation. That, that's sort of a bit of a vernacular expression, um, where the ET tube is has been inserted so far that it's tending towards one side. I'll show you a, a quick video about that in a second. But what it means is, is the CO2 builds up in the partially emptying lung, and that is that peak that you see here. Because that right. lung can't fully ventilate, it's sort of storing up CO2 in the lung, and that's that secondary peak. So normally you'd see that lateral recumbency, um, where the lower lung can't fully expand, and, and go from there or in the case of the um, in the case of the the cesarean section very often what you've got is a baby's head pushing up on one side of the diaphragm so mm -hmm. in effect that's preventing that lung from fully ventilating as it as it should do um, so the alveolar concentration of co2 will build up within that uh, partially deflated lung Okay. Absolutely. And the, the, other, the other time that I've come across this was um, when I, in a different life, um, working with paramedics on trauma medicine. And it generally came across with a crushed side injury to the side. So something like an RTA, where one side of the ribs have been crushed. And mm. what you've got to watch out for there is that if you... Part of you wants to keep that injured side down. Part of you wants to keep that injured side up so that you're not compressing any of the damaged tissue. And the danger there is if you put that damaged side up, then mm -hmm. there's the possibility of leakage across into the good clear side. So you want to keep your patient bad side down to prevent occlusion or contamination of healthy lung tissue. So okay. let's run that on just a little bit further. What are we going to do with all of this? 
This is quite common with cats and smaller patients where you really want to make sure that ET tube is, is in and nice and firm. So it's relatively straightforward and simple. Back the ET tube out, reposition the patient. But if you are repositioning the patient, you've got to be aware that there may be other trauma or something like that. So let's, let's mm -hmm. quickly show you the, the first one. Relatively common in cats. And what I'm describing here is over-intubation. I'm mindful that you probably have any of this, Graham, have you? I'm following you. I'm no. tired, but I'm still following it. No, 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 that's fine. This, I'm pulling all of this information from the Capnography Resource Centre on Thames Medical. Other, other Capnography Resource Centres are not available. <laughs> and you won't find this in Little. You won't find this in Little. Okay, so here's, here's a case of normal intubation. So the ET tube is nicely in the esophagus and everything's fine. So both lungs are able to empty perfectly normally. And let's just advance that ET tube down just a little bit. And you can see there the effect. Any gas that's escaping from the, the right side is having to work its way up around an obstruction to get itself up the ET tube. Meanwhile, CO2 is building up in this lung. So the higher concentration there finally works its way out. And that's the thing that you see. And that's that extra little peak that you get up on that, uh, that waveform. I tell you what. So if you, have a, if you have an ET tube with a Murphy eye. Yes. You wouldn't get that. Correct. The irony being that the Murphy eyes, uh, that's the hole on the back of the ET tube for anybody that's, that's watching and is unfamiliar with that. Um, you wouldn't necessarily get that on a smaller cat's ET tube. If you, if you want to do that, just log on to the Capnography Centre on thamesmedical.com and have a look. There's a little quiz on there that will challenge you. I'm not going to be too hard on you. I'll pick a nice easy one and we'll just work our way through it. Now, yeah. are you, have we got our... That cannot, Julian, that cannot be your hair. That cannot be your hair. No, I've got a spider. I've got a spider on my eyebrow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I've been sitting, I've been sitting still so long that a spider has started doing a web on my, on my eyebrow. Well, well, Is that Robert the Bruce? Well, how, how do you think we get these? these <laughs> I don't grow these. these. These are all woven for me by my own, my own colony of spiders. They're doing a good job there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it, was it Robert the Bruce, Graham, who was saved by a spider? Mm -hmm. uh, no, was that not um, Flora MacDonald? <laughs> This is three Englishmen do Scottish history. <laughs> it was Robert Bruce. A spider spoke to him in a cave and told him what to do. Okay, good. I'm just looking forward to next week when Mike starts sending around samples of toilet cleaner from Aldi to people to drink. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm rather intrigued by this. I'm going to challenge our guest next week to actually send us something to actually talk about and we'll see what, we'll see what arrives, shall we? Um, we're not going to disclose who, who the uh, special guest is next week, but, um, you know... Even, even to them. Even to them. <laughs> right, OK. Hang on, before this descent... When we, before this descends into famous authors and, and stuff... Hmm. Um, well, like Graham from Fife. <laughs> it's perfectly logical. 
Graham from Fife, Google, find out more about our special guest tonight. I don't see I'm what read, is there. I'm going to read his book about Madame la Guillotine. I think that yeah. sounds great. Thanks, yeah, I think thanks, it's Graham. awesome. Yeah. Interestingly, you can buy it new in hardback version for over a thousand pounds, or you can buy it secondhand for two pounds seventy-six. You're That's signed. That is signed. You're I'll sign it. I'll sign it for you. I'm more Will interested. You? I'm more interested in your great climbs and climbers of the uh, French Alps in the Tour de France, to be honest. But um, okay, yeah, I've, I've climbed. I've climbed in the Alps, but never on a bike because that's too much like hard work. Oh, it's great fun. Oh, and I, I'd be, I'd be afraid that as as you're climbing, presumably you've got to you've got to hold the bike between your knees, and, it's, and keep pedaling, keep pedaling as well. It's, yeah, it's going to fall off. You keep pedaling. No, you probably fall off. It'd be a hell of a mess, Graham. Uh, or Julian, rather. Yeah, hell of a mess. Don't, don't mention the B else. word in front of Mike. Anyway, we'll, we'll end up down a rabbit hole. What? What's the B word? <laughs> the, the bike's word. <laughs> Bicycles and rabbit holes. Yes. I used to ride bicycles once upon a time. Listen, listen, Julian, let's let's finish the science bit off. Have you got the CPD certificate there for anybody? I've, got, well, I've, done, I've done a proper one this week. Look at this. Right. There we go. Oh, my God. There we go. So that is the CPD certificate. It says CPD certificate. There we go. And uh, if, you, if you're watching this, then you can screenshot that and download it. Don't um, let the bastards grind you down. Yeah. yeah. Now, of course, it doesn't really mean that. It's not Latin. It's not. It's, it's, it's pig Latin. It's, it's wrong. It's made up. But, but it's quite funny, nevertheless. Right. Okay. So how, how long is that certificate for? Is that for an hour or? Uh, that, that's for a part of an hour. It'll, oh, it'll last. It'll do. Oh, but actually, Mike, it only counts as CPD. Remember, if we reflect on the CPD. Oh, so, Graham, are you, you going to join us in, in reflecting on the CPD? I'd love to show how it made me feel. Right, okay. So, we're going to reflect on CPD. In one word? I'm not very good at that, am I? You, you beat me to that every time, Julian. I just feel slightly, slightly violated. <laughs> it's because I'm also, the reflection comes back quicker. It was, never, it was never our intention to make you feel slightly uh, violated, Graham. It, the slightly part was never in our... <laughs> I definitely recommend it to a friend. Right, okay. Is, is as far it, as violations go, it's the best one I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Th thank you for allowing us to violate you, Graham, and thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for your samples. We'll put that through the set of you and have the results back to you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, gosh, how excellent. How excellent. Oh, there you go, you've even got it sponsored by IDEX. Other um, drug and alcohol are available. Urine photographic services are available. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> are we are we coming to that time, Julian? I think we're coming to that time, aren't we? We're yeah. the one word. Yeah. Oh, have you got have you got the joke? Have you got a joke, Graham? I got a joke. Go on. Have we, have we got a joke, sir? I wasn't told to have a joke. No, no, no. You don't have a joke. Julian tells the I, joke. I've got a joke. I've got a joke. So there's the there's the old chap. 
the 85 year old man who's, who's married a 30 year old model uh, I should say the 85 year old rich bloke right. 85 is 30 year old they're trying for a baby you know, they, they, there's no luck so, so they go and see a, uh, a fertility specialist who chats to them and, and makes sure that you know, everything's okay in the, uh, in the woodworks department as they say uh, and said, well, you know, the next thing we need to do, obviously, is look at a, look at a, a, a semen sample. So he, um, he handed them a pop. And he said, do you mind, do you mind just popping into the cubicle and uh, pop out? We'll, we'll, we'll check things for you. Anyway, 15 minutes later, they came out and the old man said, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I tried with my, I tried with my left hand. Uh, I tried with my right hand. Well, my wife, she tried with both hands. And to be honest, she even tried with her mouth, but we can't get the bleeding top off. <laughs> that was all right. Graham, thank you so much. Absolutely. For, uh, and thanks so much for those whiskies. What a That's right. That's quite an exciting thing to do. Oh, yeah. They're awesome. Good. Really good. Yeah, yeah, that one, random stuff with people. Yeah, that one twenty seven point seven. Seriously, I, that would turn me into a whiskey drinker. Yeah, there's, there's other good ones you should experience, Mike. There's some other good ones you should have. Oh. And then do the Dave Allen sign yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, we, we got Dave Allen sign. Are you familiar with this, Graham? I'm not. I'm not part of your fraternity, but I could try. Try. Right, there we go. And may your dog go with your you. Dog with you. Cheers. Cheers. Lounge. Oh, God. Well done, guys. Have a lovely night. We will. Hopefully, you soon. Yeah, hopefully, we'll all wake up reasonably well tomorrow. <laughs> no chance of that at all. <laughs> Thank you for watching Veterinary Ramblings. If you've got a spare liver, then please send it to the George Best Institute, uh, Care of Thames Medical and Crossways. Thanks. <laughs>